The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. This episode brought to you by Curry Group. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Houston, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. Welcome all to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. Well, Wayne, we have a lot to discuss this month, as always. We're going to be considering the latest developments between Australia Post and the print and mail industries and assessing what the latest milestone in the non-stop rise of digital in the outdoor media space means for print. We've also got a few closures to ponder in commercial, label and newspapers. And there are also those investing in print. And finally, good news, exhibitions are well and truly back. So let's start with Australia Post. A shocking set of figures from its letters business in the first half of the year has instigated a major review, which looks like it could be significant. Yeah, that's right, Lindy. More than a million dollars a day was lost by Australia Post just on its letters business in the first half of the year. That's instigated, as you can imagine, all kinds of repercussions, blame games, analysis. And the uh, government, which, of course, is the major shareholder in Australia Post, has asked for a nuts and bolts from the ground up review of its business. The relationship between Australia Post and the print and mail industries in recent years has been strained, uh, to say the least. While Australia Post has been focusing on its parcels business, which it's been making a mozza during the COVID years, particularly, which coincided with the rise of online shopping. Uh, but now those figures have flanned off, so the focus has switched back to letters and what are they going to actually do about it? In response, the print and mail industry, under the auspices of PVCA, has created a mail industry coalition to form one voice to speak to Australia Post, to speak to the government. Uh, and the relationship between Australia Post, the government and printing and mail industries is now on a good footing, primarily because Michelle Rowland, the new Minister of Communications, and Kelly Northwood, the CEO of Print and Visual Communications Association, I've got a relationship that goes back decades from committees and various working parties they've been on. They now find themselves heading up two of the major organisations that are discussing Australia Post. So they fought, the PVCA has formed a mail industry coalition. Uh, Michelle Rowland is in communication with them. PVCA's mail industry coalition is communicating with the higher echelons of Australia Post on a weekly basis. Uh, the Mail Industry Coalition sent out a survey to its members, all the members of PVCA and various other groups, uh, during the course of April, uh, from which it gleaned uh, uh, information that is going to be able to package, that's able to package together and present to the government, present to the review, uh, as this is what the print and mail industries see uh, from all that's been going on. And they, they, they're optimistic. Uh, that that information will be well-received and taken seriously. Well, that new mail industry coalition is really good news, Wayne. It has already communicated to the highest levels, as you said, of Australia Post, and it's told them that the industry has two priorities, business mail pricing stability and business mail service stability. Stability, Lindy, as everyone in business knows, is key to operating a good business. You need to know what's going on. There needs to be some level of predictability. 
At the moment, nothing is predictable about Australia Post. Apart from the last couple of years, they jack up the prices whenever they get a bad set of results, which many in the print and mail industry says, say contributes to that, uh, those increasingly bad results. Uh, the Mail Industry Coalition wants to work out with the Australia, with Australia Post how it can work together and with all the other stakeholders in that uh, situation, which includes, of course, the unions, retailers, publishers, printers, distributors, how they can come up with a model that will serve the needs of all and will get Australia Post back fully focused on servicing the letters industry. Another legacy print sector that is in a period of flux is newspapers. And this month has not been a good one for printed papers, has it, Wayne? No, unfortunately, everyone knows that newspapers are suffering, at least in the model that they were in until a decade or so ago. You go on a bus, a tram or a train, the amount of people reading newspapers is virtually zero. Um, they're all, of course, on the smartphones. Uh, the latest news to hit the industry, the Manjura newspaper printing plant that uh, I've took over from Australian uh, ACM, Australian Community Media, uh, as part of its $100 million deal to print papers for it for five years. That was just last year. Uh, that uh, They're going to close that printing plant in West Australia. Reason being that the main client for that plant, or one of the main clients, decided to switch to digital only. It will mean the almost certain closure of four other West Australian newspapers, uh, in uh, leaving those areas short. And ACM, Australian Community Media, which was the biggest or is the biggest regional community newspaper publisher, is also closing another or closing or selling off another 13 news, regional newspapers to add to the dozens that is closed or sold off since it, uh, since it bought the business from what was Fairfax at the time, which is now nine. Uh, so a tough day for the newspaper industry over in uh, West Australia and potentially in other parts of the country as well with those more newspapers closing. But it's not all doom and gloom in newspapers, is it? Uh, that's right, because as the uh, as Australian community media continues to, to uh, close its, uh, particularly its non-daily regional papers, um, there are newspaper groups, independent small newspaper groups, that are some of them are buying up these papers, some of them are starting new papers. And uh, interestingly, and not coincidentally, all those groups have got their own printing press. Uh, that seems to be the key to these smaller groups. So back uh, the back end of last year, Star News Group, uh, they took 14 papers from ACM. They, they've got an investment in the print plant, newspaper print plant in Rockhampton up in Queensland that was formerly owned by News, and News sold it off couple of people invested in it now it's going well uh, and then the uh, Higgins family they own the provincial press uh, they took seven uh, ACM titles in New South Wales uh, and they've got their own press which is a, a Goss community uh, three tower press with the Muller Martini Alpha line so um, it seems that uh, the newspaper model is certainly changing uh, ACM anti-Catalano they're well they're well known for wanting to be a publisher only Catalano was like that when he was in the magazine business didn't want anything to do with printing wanted to contract it out obviously going down the same route when they when they bought uh, the business from from Fairfax there was nine printing plants under its wings now there's only six and he'll be no doubt trying to get rid of those but for the for the um, smaller publishers who can have an investment in or own a printing plant, it seems there is potential there for new newspapers to come about because the small communities, small regional communities, there is a demand, it seems, for them. Curry Group's 2023 training courses are now available and open for registration. 
Curry Group offers a wide range of training courses across the company's extensive product portfolio. Courses range from greenfield through to experienced operators and production managers. The courses can also be designed to suit a company's specific needs, including practical examples of your typical work. Courses are held at regularly scheduled intervals in our fully equipped demonstration centre or on site. With our comprehensive training curriculum and hands-on practice, we provide the knowledge and skills necessary to utilise the full capabilities of our product portfolio. For more information, email Curry Group, info at currygroup.com.au. Well, while we're on closures, there have been a couple of high-profile businesses that have shut their doors for the last time this month. We've had a commercial printer in Perth um, have that happen to them, and the high-profile Foxil, Roger Kerwin's trade label operation in Sydney. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, the uh, the amount of print closures has been relatively small, uh, certainly during the COVID years, few and far between. Uh, a trickle, and unfortunately, that trickle continues. Daytone Printing uh, over in West Australia, Beckenham in Perth, a 25-year-old business, uh, offset printer, digital printer. Um, Perth is a quite a competitive market when it comes to printing. There's three or four really strong groups over there. And uh, Daytona, unfortunately, it seems, has found itself in the middle uh, and has had to close its doors. Uh, Foxhill will be a very well-known company to a lot of people. It was a trade label printing company uh, established by Roger Cohen a decade ago. Uh, Cohen came from, he was a Geon's operations director in Australia, and before that ran a labels business in Christchurch. Uh, so he had a high profile he, uh, his aim was to start a digital label trade house, which he did at a Zycon Digital Press in there. Shortly after he started, he, he uh, bought another business, Roller Poster, which was a plastic printing business and bunting and that kind of thing. Um, and he had a Simon VI six-color central impression flexo press in there. He, he's been going for a decade, but he's fallen foul of what we've noted on here before, Lindy, which is the increasing trend of commercial print businesses and established flexo label print businesses to put in their own low-cost digital label presses. Uh, that's Roger Kerwin Foxhill's main business. And because many label, many commercial printers, we've reported on the footprints, one, uh, Leon Wilson, at, uh, who was at the live event, Revolution Print, uh, these kind of companies who would have previously sent the work out to the trade, the trade being companies like Foxhill, uh, they're now bringing it all in-house. And of course, that has an impact on the Foxhill business. The uh, the business will be taken over, the, the customer list will be taken over by Guru, Guru Labels in New South Wales Central Coast, uh, Nick Lowe's business. They've been friendly rivals with Roger Cohen for a decade. Uh, and um, the uh, Carl Bouchard, the general manager, will also be moving up to manage those accounts. But yeah, at the end of an era, um, it was a, a, a business for its time, but uh, clearly... Uh, it hasn't been able to, uh, the need for it now seems to be dissipating. Well, as the saying goes, one man's floor is another's ceiling, um, and that seems to be the case there, Wayne. Investment in print continues unabated, though, with Agfa's plates, software, and other offset business under new ownership. What can you tell us about that? 
ACFO, one of the major suppliers to the global printing industry and to the Australian printing industry, uh, has several divisions, of course. It has its graphics division, which is its inkjet uh, printing machines. Then it has other divisions, Medicare and so on. Uh, but its offset solutions business, which it was best known, it's a major supply of plates and film back in the day, and uh, now CTP systems as well, software solutions, um, that's been sold off to a private equity fund, Aurelius. They paid 92 million euros for it, uh, for what's a 700 million euro business. Um, and they've rebranded it. It's now called ECO3. Um, Mark Brindley, who is the managing director of ACFRA ANZ, he's now the managing director of ECO3 in Australia. Uh, Mark tells me that uh, there's no change in supply, service or sales. ABN's the same, ACN's the same, everything's the same. Uh, the except the branding on the box will be different. It will move from Agfa to ECO3, but the the uh, the customers will receive the same products. And in fact, Brindley says that uh, the new business, which actually incidentally has Frederick Dayhink, who is the well-known former managing director of uh, Agfa in Australia here, as its uh, main sales and service manager, service director over there. Uh, Mark tells me that uh, the business will be investing strongly in software uh, as it goes forward. The, the graphics business uh, isn't part of the deal, although it will uh, be sold and supported for the first 18, next 18 months at least, through uh, the office of ECO3 here until it becomes a standalone business here in Australia as well. So that's the, all the inkjet printers, the Annapurnas, the Jetis, the Toros, and uh, lastly, of course, the uh, Incas. Interestingly, Aurelius, which bought the which has bought the business, the private equity fund that is investing in print through Binagfa, it was trying to buy three of Sapi's graphic arts paper mills in Europe. Sapi, the huge South African pulp and paper industry business. Uh, Sapi is trying to move away from being so dependent on graphic arts papers into more packaging and pulp. Uh, it was trying to sell three of its businesses, three of its mills in the uh, Netherlands, in Finland and Germany. Aurelius was in to buy it, a $400 million uh, year business. They were looking at spending $270 million, I think, on that. But that uh, that's fallen over at the 11th hour. So now Sapi is back with the mills. It did have several binding offers for the business when it uh, put it for sale in uh, September. And so we'll no doubt, now no doubt go back to the market. Yeah, well, that will be an interesting one to follow. Uh, certainly Sapi is uh, pushing its packaging papers, as you said. It's recently signed that agreement with Ball and Doggett for distribution here. Um, so, yeah, an interesting sector. Now, one area that was particularly hammered during COVID and that has rebounded just as quickly as it went down is outdoor media. Its revenue has been rising quarter on quarter and now overtaking pre-COVID levels. But the devil is in the detail, it seems. Is it all good news for print, Wayne? Uh, well, it's mixed. Uh, the revenue is is has bounced back, as you say. It's last year's figures were more than a billion dollars for the first time. The quarter one figures for the outdoor media reveal that now two thirds of all outdoor media is in digital, uh, and so print's market share is in decline. And actually, for the first time, the amount of cash spent on spent on print in that quarter is also in decline. Um, however, forward forecasts have a, a compound annual growth rate. Uh, of around 9% a year for the next four years, which effectively means that whole market sector will grow by about 50%. And if it does that, print's share, while it declines, the amount of cash spent on it, in other words, the amount of print produced, will increase. 
Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a mixed set of figures there, Lindy. Um, many outdoor print companies are pivoting to broaden their offering now. So rather than just printing uh, billboards and posters for bus shelters and what have you, they're also now looking at uh, point of sale material and uh, retail display fit outs, more complex kind of work, but that's the way they're going. And actually, Print21 will have uh, some big news coming up on that front in the next uh, month or so. Well, with wide format printing continuing to offer opportunities, when this seems the opportune moment to shift our focus to exhibitions, they are definitely back. And along with much of the Australia and New Zealand packaging industry, I'm going to be in Dusseldorf for the big packaging show Interpack coming up from the 4th to 10th of May. While for the wide format print business, May is an expo feast with visual impact in Sydney and then FESPA Global in Munich to come. Wayne, what can we expect to see? Well, a lot of new products. Uh, <laughs> as you say, both shows, there's a local show, there's a, the global show. Uh, so if you're in the wide format business, you'd be strongly encouraged to get along to one or both of those. The bigger machines will tend to be at the global show, the, the 3.2, the five meter wide machines. Um, but uh, they'll, they'll, uh, they've got more exhibitors than uh, they've had in a long time. There's more than 90 exhibitors at the Visual Impact Show at the Sydney Showgrounds. That's the 3rd to 5th of May. Uh, and there's more than 500 exhibitors at the FESPA Global Show in Munich. That runs 23, 26th of May. Uh, wide format printing, as we've just actually did, been discussing in the previous subject, is still a growing area. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for print businesses to get in. Uh, a lot of new applications coming along. FESPA, for instance, will have the Printerias show running running as part of it, which is all about the the uh, home decor, the cushions, the wall coverings, the curtains. Um, Visual Impact will have a photo and fine art expo going on as part of Visual Impact. And that's to say to print businesses, this is a real area of opportunity for you. Personalized print in the home, printing wide format, uh, large photos, large artworks onto canvas uh, as, as uh, the print technology now enables photo quality reproduction on 1.6 meter wide big prints. It's an opportunity for print businesses to get into. So there's a lot of new things going on at these exhibitions. And of course, we must mention Label Expo. Yes, of course. That's coming That's coming up in the end of September. It's be the first one since 2019. Uh, first one in Brussels, I should say. Um, they've got more than 500 exhibitors there. It'll be the biggest ever exhibition they've had. So a lot of pent-up development has obviously gone on during COVID. And these exhibitions are now a great opportunity for anyone who runs a print business to really... Uh, take heed of the old adage, work on the business, not in the business, and get out there and see what's going on and see where the opportunities lie. Well, I'm certainly very excited. My bags are packed for Interpack. Um, it's going to also include quite a, a number of innovations for packaging print. So I'll be sure to report back on that to you, Wayne. So on that positive note, we'll wrap up this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. And as ever, there can be no doubt it has been a big one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We value your feedback as always, especially the good feedback. Now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. Thanks, goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson, with thanks to our sponsor, Curry Group. We look forward to you joining us again next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media.
If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.